when people come to a, a presentation of some kind, whether they buy or not, it's not just based on how good the presenter is. It's not based on how good the products. Well, it is, but it's not just based on how good the product is and how good the presenter is. It's also based on how do people feel about the whole event and the other people in the room. How well do they feel? How comfortable do they feel at the point where they sit down and, and listen to the presenter? Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 200 and 68 of Scritch. Do it with me, Alex. And this week I'm joined by Patrick M. Powers, the founder of the world's second biggest business meetup with over 27,500 members. So Patrick's authored a few books, including How to Conquer Fear of Public Speaking and Turn Your Contacts into Cash. He can get you connected to anyone, anywhere, even VIPs. He both teaches the science of doing this and also makes introductions through his meetup group, mainly in London and the UK through VIPdinners.com. So I had a great chat with Patrick, actually. Uh, this was on a live webinar. Again, we did via video, which you, you can watch as well. Um, and I wanted to bring it to you on the podcast because it was so interested. Got on with him like a house on fire, I thought. Um, we covered a whole bunch of different things, really, all around, um, you know, this thing that we're not allowed to do at the moment, which is actually, you know, meet up with live events and connect with people, with other humans. Uh, we're doing it online, obviously doing it through podcasting at the moment, through live webinars, etc. We cover a whole bunch of things that I think you'll find really interesting. Um, for example, how to create prospects on demand, the secrets of power influencers, and how to become a social genius. So, super interesting story, super interesting guy. Hope you're going to enjoy this as much as I did. Uh, without further ado, screw it, just do it, Patrick M. Powers. So, I'm joined by Patrick. Those of you registered for the webinar will know exactly what we're talking about. So, Patrick M. Powers, uh, founder of the world's second biggest business meetup. Um, we're going to learn how to get connected to anyone, anywhere. Um, we're going to be covering things like how to create prospects on demand, the secrets of power influences, and how to become a social genius. So um, just to get you to frame it a little bit more. So, so Patrick, you're the founder of the world's second biggest business meetup with, is that right, 27,500 members? That's true. Um, great wow. to be here, Alex, by the way. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And, and I'm Dan and Paul in Dorset, and um, you're um, in the home counties, I believe. You're in um, in Surrey, is that right? In, Sur- in uh, Waverley, in Surrey, yeah. Very nice. And uh, thing, things heating up there as well, weather improving compared to oh, last week? beautiful. I'm just, I'm just sitting here looking out of my garden. I just love it. Awesome. I'm so grateful for my garden. I would have, I would have been bonkers if I had to stay in, a, in an apartment here in these, these days. Uh, I so feel for you guys that has had to do that. Yeah, me too. I, I I saw a friend post something like during lockdown and she was like sat in like a window seat with like a ray of sunshine and a cup of coffee in a top floor <laughs> flat. And I just yeah. thought, I'm so grateful to have a garden and we, we've got yeah. wood set and the, the beach is 10 minutes away. So I, Amazing. Uh, I would have gone bonkers as well. I tell you, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then there's con- countries like went into like severe lockdown was it like italy where you literally weren't allowed out that you couldn't even go and exercise outdoors and stuff and i was like i don't know if i could have done it i don't know if i could have done it well you know we had to they had to so indeed indeed. they did so so yeah tell us um first of all um you know, you're known for for a number of different things, and we've been connected for for a little while on here. But yeah, maybe tell our audience who who don't know, um, you know, we're normally uh, a live event ourselves. We should have been at Olympia in London back in back in April. We're, we're meant to be at the NEC in Birmingham in October, mm. and we don't know whether that will happen. So instead, we're, we're online. But tell us a little bit more um, about yourself. Um, and about why people may have may have heard of you. You've, you've obviously you've written a couple of books. I see um, you host this this big um, you know business meetup, entrepreneurs in London. So tell us a little bit more about that, Patrick. Sure. So I'm born in Denmark and grew up there uh, until I was 36. I was uh, I was a bit of a you know a black sheep in the family because I actually wanted to become an entrepreneur, and everybody thought I was crazy. Started my first business 21. And went bankrupt really fast. Uh, many reasons for that, but main reasons was I was unbelievably shy. Uh, I was actually really afraid of people. And I didn't have any sales and marketing skills, which at that point, it was just foreign to me. I thought, oh, you just have to have a good business idea and then everybody will come running to you. So after the bankruptcy, I started to study marketing and sales. Well, I started to find out what went wrong, figured out that it was because of lack of marketing and sales skills. And I started to study that and fell in love with it. Uh, I've been obsessed with it ever since. How to how to influence people, how to persuade people, how to get them to go, do cool stuff that is a benefit to everyone. Mm. Uh, and then I failed forward many, many times. Uh, I think I failed in about 14, 15 different companies. And uh, in 2003, I said, this is it. This is literally it. I cannot stand my life anymore. Uh, I will succeed now. I will change, do whatever it takes. Uh, and I did. Uh, very, very quickly, I built a uh, a team uh, in network marketing of 10,000 people, uh, retired, became pretty pretty lazy, lived in the Caribbean for a while in Spain and moved all kinds of cool places in the world. Uh, long story short, sold that, and then things started to go really, really wrong. Like short stories, I ended up completely broke, uh, living in Dominican Republic in the Caribbean, and uh, had to have a friend bail me out there, uh, get me back to England, where we started my life. And um, it was in 2000, and let's say 2009, end of 2009. And it was the next three years was probably the toughest years of my life. I was very close to living on the street many times. I was constantly behind rent a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
when the uh, when the landlord is knocking on your door and says, "Look, like this is we've got to get the money now." Mm. That was a very very stressful time. Uh, but we grew the meetup slowly, slowly, uh, and then suddenly, suddenly, I mean, there was the whole story behind that. Um, it was not just by accident, but very very quickly, we uh, we became the biggest business meetup group in Europe, and uh, and then the rest is kind of history. Just we just build it brick for brick from uh, from there. Now we're second biggest in the world, and then- actually gaining a number one. Wow, are you okay? And who, who has the number one? Uh, so, big, so you've got uh, the biggest one in Europe. Uh, it's probably the biggest in Europe is in terms of business and career meetups. Um, mm. But there is a business meetup in Silicon Valley that is bigger than us. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, but something like Silicon Valley Entrepreneurs, something like that. And, and when you say go back, you know, rewind 10 years ago uh, and you kind of move, move, back, uh, move back over here, um, what ideas did you have in your mind and clearly given your background you, you sounds like you're one of these people who've always got you know a new ideas that you're thinking of and how did you kind of distill that into this idea about you know connecting people networking um you know people yeah. helping themselves essentially where, where did that one come from and why did you make that like the, the number one thing that you're going to focus on well um it was not actually in the beginning it was purely survival mechanism right, right <laughs> so, okay, okay, I, yeah. I don't i don't have any money to market myself i didn't have any funds i literally arrived uh, check this out alex i arrived in heathrow airport on christmas mornings 20, 25th of december and i came from like 28 degrees to literally minus eight it was the coldest <laughs> christmas i'm not even kidding it was like you said in the, in the newspapers this is coldest christmas we've had for like 80 years or something yeah. Um, and uh, that was obviously a shock, but I arrived with 100 pounds in my hands. That's all I had. And I I had two and a half thousand pounds in a safety deposit box. You know, I have no money in my, my bank accounts. Two and a half thousand in the safety deposit box, but that was closed because of Christmas. Oh man, yeah. Right? So I had to I had to survive for a couple of days before I could access. So you know, the situation was pretty it was it was pretty bleak. And um I forgot your question, by the way. I want to just lead somewhere, but now I lost, kind of lost track. Yeah, no, <laughs> just regards to that being, you know, how did you decide on like that one how idea? Yeah, so it was pure, it was pure desperation. Didn't have any money. Thought, you know, I have to, I have to create a network if if I'm going to survive this. Well, in, initially, I went out and did a lot of networking, but I was like, oh my god, so much, so much work to go around to all these network networking events, and then keeping in touch with people afterwards on a one-to-one basis. I thought, why not just bring them all together, uh, all my connections together once a month, and then I'll create value for them as well, mm. right? So, and that's that's basically the idea. It was purely because I wanted to survive, and then and then it kind of took off, you know. Uh, and then suddenly it was like, oh my god, this is actually like really really cool. And then it became a business of itself. And and how did you initially? I mean, because there are you know so many you know uh, networking groups out there, but on, on a lot smaller scale. Um, what what kind of first steps did you use? And and maybe off the back of that, what kind of advice would you give to somebody sure. now? Because I don't know about you, but I'm thinking people are craving human contact. So when we can. Uh, meet again without any social distancing. I, I think it's going to explode again. Personally, it I think will. No you're doubt. in prime position. Clearly, <laughs> absolutely, it's going to be amazing. I already have people reaching out to me. It's oh my god, we can't wait for you to start the meetings again. Right. It's like, which mm-hmm. is really, really lovely to have that from from your from your customers, new members. But anyway, um, so the first thing I was looking around is where where should I host 
this meetup group or this event, right? Where I didn't know it was going to be a meetup. And I, was, I, I saw the meetup platform and I looked at my competition and I realized, oh my God, they're complete amateurs. Like they literally don't know anything about how to market themselves, like how to describe what they're doing and how to name their events and stuff like that. It was just complete, yeah, complete amateurs. So I thought, well, this is, this is, a, this is a place that I can win. With, right. with limited resources, right? Mm. I can win on this platform. So that was my first thought that went into why to choose Meetup. And then second, because of my, uh, you know, what I've been studying and, you know, what I do basically apart from running events is I'm a, I'm a marketing expert, influence expert, I write copy, uh, you know, uh, to sales funnel, uh, architecture and stuff like that. So so my, my background is as a copywriter and understanding how to grab people's attention and all that kind of stuff. So I can clearly see that, that, what, I mean, one of the things you have to do in marketing when you're starting out is that you have to separate yourself from the uh, from the competition. You have to do something different because otherwise, why would they choose you? You just choose the, the guys that's been out there uh, longer than you. Uh, so what I saw is that most networking events, if not like all the ones that I've been to, was was very, very boring. Like seriously, seriously boring. And I was like, my God, I, I can't stand this. It's too, just too boring. And, and speakers were really, really bad as well. So I decided uh, very early to to pit myself completely against that kind of old-fashioned, boring, stiff upper lip kind of networking events that's too too proper and too business-like. And I ran ads saying, uh, we're the most unboring networking event in London. <laughs> I like it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so we just tried to, to portray ourselves more fun, and that's, in fact, what we were. You know, I was making the events more fun, so it was, of course, not just the marketing it was actually making the events more fun, more lighthearted, more personal, has a more personal touch to it. Uh, and people really seem to appreciate that. And then it just took off. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because people have been saying to me, you know, and, and you, you might have heard this as well, you know, a lot of businesses bringing um, events online and it's, you know, something we've done. Um, and we've managed to carry on. I think Thursday will, it will be the 150th live stream that we've done in a in hundred days wow. to try to keep the conversation going, keep our audience interested, you know, and we've, we've built a different audience off the back of that now. Um, but, you know, a number of people, you know, uh, saying, Oh, I think the, the future's online. Um, let's move all of our events online. And, and I'm kind of going think I, I genuinely think people will crave human content and there will be people who I think will be anxious, you know, who, who maybe don't want to do that. But, I mean, do, do, do you agree that the majority of people will want to connect again and will want to of shake hands? And- it's, it's, a, it's a human, it's a deep human need, and we cannot override mm. that. It's just, yeah. you can override it for a while, you know, if there's a real danger, but it means the world's going to go back to normal. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, uh, a few years ago, I don't know if you know Frank Kern, but he's, he's one of the leading yes. internet marketers yeah. in the world. Mm. Uh, and again, Pay attention to this. I say he's one of the leading internet marketers. Like people know him for being an expert at internet marketing. And about five, six years ago, he published a, a report that says offline is the holy grail of marketing. He said offline, the real world. Because like today, I mean, the first thing you have to accomplish in marketing is standing out and be noticed, right? It's easy to stand out and be noticed in the offline world today because there's just less competition. Mm. Right. If you send a real old-fashioned uh, mailing to people, they're like, "Oh, what is this? It's a letter. How interesting!" <laughs> right. This like, so right. like in, the, so in the first right. couple of years of uh, of the internet, it was like, "Oh, this is an email. What? what how cool is that?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So you have the same effect with doing stuff, uh, certain stuff online, uh, offline today, mm. right? Uh, it, and it just builds, it's the offline thing that it just builds more trust, which is really, really super important in marketing, right? Mm. Uh, and I believe it's, it's the it's the companies in the future that that merge and manage to do both offline and online marketing really well. Those are the ones that will win. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's you know whether it's some kind of hybrid version of of that that that, that yeah. will win. Those who position themselves. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you actually, incidentally, have you found anything, um, any platform? Uh, that you think is actually really good, like online platform to actually communicate with people and, and network? Because I've yet to find one that's actually feels like you're there with somebody, you know what I mean? With like virtual t- reality that we have now, but I've, I've yet to come across anything that's that good. Mm, um, not really. I mean, I mean, I like Facebook groups, but you can't, you can't yep. really be interacting with people in, in terms of video via Facebook groups. Uh, that's the one thing I have to say about Facebook lives. I mean, there's no doubt that live Broadcasting is really the future in marketing, mm-hmm. but if if I believe that if Facebook is ever to go into make it really successful, they'll have to have have it be more uh, two way, yeah, right, two way yeah, communication. Yeah. Because I mean, right now, yeah, they can they can type a question or a comment or whatever, but that's it's just not enough. No, like you I have agree. to have a medium where at least you have the choice of opening up for for real for real dialogue between mm. people. You know, it's just yeah. so important. Yeah, that's all I've been, you know, one of the things I've thought about with doing these live webinars, I think it's surely uh, a lot of these technology companies have been beavering away over the last hundred days thinking, how can we improve the offering that's out there? You think there must be somebody that's investing money, uh, you know, whether it's the startups or whether it's the, the big guys like the Facebooks and the Googles of this world as well. There's no doubt. There's an enormous things going on there behind the scenes. I'm sure there's. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting when they come up with the next, the next variation and the next, uh, next, next innovation in terms of video, uh, video interaction and, and and broadcasting. And and with yourself and like f- future planning, how how far ahead are you looking with regards to um, the way that you you connect with people? Are you are you looking at like this autumn or are you looking at twenty twenty one already? Oh, I'm, you know, I mean, we can't predict about the future. If, if, if it was just up to me, we would literally start doing it in August. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, I've, what I've heard is that you are allowed to do events with a small, small crowds up to 30 people, I think. Uh, so we actually might do that. Mm. Um, now we have an 11 year, 11 year anniversary uh, party coming up. So, I mean, we can't limit it to 30 uh-huh. people because normally we are like three, 400 people registered for the our anniversaries. Uh, but I think maybe realistically we're looking at September, October. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I remember seeing like before, this is kind of what I was t- taking my cue at. And, uh, you know, before la- lockdown, um, I saw like in France, they, they kind of gradually scaled down. They go, okay, now, we can have events up to 4,000 people. And I thought, okay, so, you know, and that's when I was thinking with regards to our event, you know, we're like 4,000 people at Olympia or 4,000 people at the NEC. So, okay, that could still work. And then I see now they've opened that up again in France, the first step they've gone. Oh, nice. 4,000 people. I thought, will we follow suit? You know, you can spread out 4,000 people in, in, a, in a big um, kind of exhibition center pretty well, I'd imagine, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas I'm, 
you know, my background, I'm used to hosting like the last four, not as long as you, but the last four years I've like hosted meetups with Virgin Startup, Richard Branson's not-for-profit. And we'd be kind of like around 100, 150 people. Um, but what, what kind of, um, if you've just focused on London yourself, have you, have you looked to, to broaden that at all? Have your plans yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I've been thinking about it for years, but I never really uh, had the funds or the time to do it. You know, I, I was mostly focusing my consultancy on the side. Um, but lately, uh, I was approached by an investor that said, look, you can build, you can build this worldwide into a hundred or $200 million company. Mm. And I was like, that's interesting. He said, well, you know, from the meetup itself, I haven't made a lot of money. Uh, you yeah. know, it's been it's been used as a way to expose myself to the world and then get get people in to take a look and consider some of my trainings and my consulting and all that kind of stuff and coaching. Yeah. Right. But yeah. the meetup itself is not generated that much money. And he said, uh, I said, do you think we can raise money for it? I said, yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no problem doing that. Mm. Uh, so suddenly it's like, holy moly. Uh, okay. Let's, let's do that because obviously we, we have something that's really, really worked well. So mm. if it can work well here, it can probably work well, uh, worldwide. Right. So, so mm. now we're in the process of scaling it, uh, worldwide, uh, under the name of founder nation. Okay. Uh, oh. And that's actually how, how people can find us on, you know, Facebook group online, uh, uh, to search of founder nation under groups in Facebook. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's going to be it's going to be more than just uh, just meetups. It's going to be a training platform, a place mm-hmm. for people to really connect online. Because that's the real own problem I have with meetup is it's not a very good platform to to communicate with each other. I can communicate with my members, but they they can't really network and communicate uh, well with each other online. Yeah, and I wanted to create that place where where entrepreneurs can really truly connect online. And offline, right? Offline, mm. and then after having met met online and offline, they can continue the conversation and the relationship going on, online, or the other way around. They start mm. online and then they go offline, where they really start getting those deep relationships. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've just got a, a question from from our audience, and it kind of goes on with that as well. Because I've to my what I've been focusing on like the last three three and a half years is is podcasts. So I've I've grown my own podcast. Screw it, just do it to like a number one rank podcast here in the uk and you know an audience now in like 144 countries but the biggest challenge with which most podcasters find is trying to get that audience engaged on another platform and and you know this is where the question comes in here with regards to events and i think this is really relevant and and i think you're going to have some really interesting views on this but uh, gabby says how do you encourage your following to leave another platform say for eg from instagram to podcast or instagram to a website um yeah i, th- I think i thought that was a really good question for you sure absolutely i mean th- there always have to be some kind of a promise for people to do anything mm. right and that by the way is what i it's it's just incredible when you go to 90 to 95 percent of all websites there is no promise of anything, or if there is, you have to dig for it. You have to literally, literally look for it. It's just like, hey, we're a great web design company or whatever. It's like, okay, there has to be an immediate offer of an exchange of value, mm. right? So, for example, uh, get an assessment of your website of the, the uh, you know, seven, seven point assessment that will show you weaknesses in your marketing for free or whatever, right? Yeah. An incentive for people to take action. So, Think about how can you make it worthwhile for them? Something really simple, something really valuable that you can offer them 
to to make the exchange. Mm. And then obviously where they land or where you're trying to get them, that in itself has to have at least the same kind of value or or, or greater value than where they initially were, right? So just think of, think of ways to make it really valuable for them. For us, uh, in terms of getting them from Meetup to our own platform that we're developing in Founder Nation, uh, we will have tons and tons of content, uh, interviews with top entrepreneurs around the world, uh, both video interviews, live, uh, and we'll give tons of that content away for free. Yeah. Right. So that's how we're going to get them. Mm. And do you think, so chatting about this yesterday with, with, with a friend of mine who's uh, developing, um, di- you know, looking at different ways, we're doing like Facebook Lives again, which I think is, again, you know, amazing way to, to, to grow your audience. But do you think like having something like, like a membership site, you know, I've had a few questions around this, like some kind of subscription model, um, where again, you, you've maybe got the funnel and you've got like the free Facebook group, but to actually take people somewhere else and to offer them more value, um, because you need to monetize it. it. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, it needs to become a business, doesn't it? And you've clearly got something that's that's really valuable and, and that people are going to want to have access to. You know, twenty seven and a half thousand entrepreneurial minds. There's going to be a hell of a lot of interesting ideas that's going to come from there. So, yeah, do you think like a membership site or do you think like a different platform entirely? Yeah, you know, absolutely a membership. Uh, Both a membership site, but also more like a social network, like like a LinkedIn, whatever, obviously not nearly as as advanced, right? But so, so because, and and the reason for that, it comes from, uh, I've kind of sat down and analyzed what is it entrepreneurs actually really, really need and want and why that I've chosen this field of helping and empowering entrepreneurs is because I firmly believe that, you know, there's lots of problems in the world, you know, and, and, and from I was fairly young, I've actually always looked at and said, well, why are we not solving this problem? How do we solve this problem? And so on, so on. And now it comes to the conclusion that to solve great problems, entrepreneurship is the way to do that. It's the number way to solve great problems in the world. Mm. And I want to empower other entrepreneurs to do that. And so what is it that entrepreneurs actually need? They need connections in a community, right? Connections and community, because doing it on your on your own is is very very lonely, but it's also yeah. very ineffective, right? And I I have felt that loneliness, and that was actually one of the reasons I also started the meetup is that I, I feel this journey is just too lonely. I want to be around other entrepreneurs that can encourage me and uh, give me ideas and just support and and just being around people that are like minded instead of your family that thinks you're crazy, right? <laughs> so uh so that's the one thing community connections community right they need know-how they need know-how and uh knowledge right so training access to people that are further ahead than them tips and so on and so on and then and then finding the inspiration so just purely uh getting to an event with a with a good speaker that can inspire them, get them to believe them and more than themselves and so on. So those are the three elements that I feel that entrepreneurs really need. And that's that's what we're building the platform around. So the ability to connect online, to create real connections online mm-hmm. uh, with a own social media platform, uh, and then a training platform where they can get access to free training, paid training, masterminds as well and then of course the the uh the real world events around the world plus the masterminds i love it and and with the with the training um 
So we were talking about this again yesterday with someone, and their platform is um, is airline cabin crew, and it's it's a very emotive subject at the moment because you know so many of them are, are facing redundancy, and and again mm. there's a there's a real interest in a number of them starting their own businesses, you know, and they've kind of been institutionalized for 10, 20, 30 years in the airline industry. It's actually, there's another world out there and we've got real transferable skills because we, we solve problems, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, an air rage passenger or an, uh, the, um, you know, the, uh, the engines on fire or whatever it might be. They're just busy solving problems all the time. And I was like, well, that's what entrepreneurs do. They solve, which is just what you said. They solve yeah. problems. Um, so with, with regards to your, your training, do you think you would, you would create that yourself, um, the, actual, the actual training modules? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, I'm doing that right now. Okay. Uh, actually, about three, four different trainings coming up very, very soon. Uh, but uh, that's, that's not the vision, right? Mm-hmm. The vision is that we're going to have the top, top experts in the world that we partner up with, and then we sell the trainings through uh, our platform. God, you right. love it. Yeah, because um, I mean, it's, it, that's first of all, I, I've never felt that what I do it has to be about me. I don't have a need to go out there and be the top guru or whatever. I would rather create mm. something that's incredibly valuable for my customers. And there might be some areas of my training where I can actually find somebody that is better than me. Yeah. yeah. And so why not give them access to the best of the best of the best? Mm. Uh, and, you know, me taking part in that and taking a profit you know, uh, a percentage out of that. I'd rather do that. Yeah. And yeah, that, no, that's what I'm working on. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're really onto something there. Cause I think if you, if you've got the audience, you create the platform, you, you invite people in to, to, you know, why wouldn't somebody, you know, I don't know, you know, a, a Tony Robbins or whoever going, actually, I'd like to, you know, I've got this kind of knowledge. I want to share that with, with this yep. audience. It, it's just like win, 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 isn't it? For, for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And clearly, you're, you're the person bringing these two things together. So it's a nice business opportunity for sure. Yeah. Mm. And what blows my mind is uh, so I was doing some research in preparing all the pitch deck for investors and whatever. And uh, I, was, I was blown away by how many businesses. But first of all, entrepreneurship is just exploding around the world. The, the amount of, of business being registered every year in England, I don't know the, the, the stats for, for uh, the rest of the world, but in England, mm. it's increasing steadily every single year for the last, I believe, 20 years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about 5 to 7%, 8% growth a year. I mean, it's very, very significant. Uh, but worldwide, there's a 100 million companies starting every year. Really? Yeah, worldwide. 100 million. Yeah. That's insane, <laughs> Isn't that that yeah. is mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So entrepreneurs clearly are going to change the world in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, <laughs> with those numbers. Absolutely. absolutely. And there's a total of around, the thing is about 400 million businesses in the world. That's insane. Three, somewhere it? between 375 to 400, uh, you know, depending on the source you you, uh, you quote. Mm. And it's, it's something that I've, that I've um, we've had a few, few questions about as well prior to this and something that I've – not struggle with is the wrong word, but always look for a solution to improve. But where going back to like physical um, meetups, how do you encourage people to actually connect with each other in a way that um, that actually works? I've been to so many other networks. Sure. Like, like you, I was checking out the competition where I live down here in Dorset, and it was just the same kind of form. You know, pick, go to the front desk. Pick up your name badge, put your name badge on, stand yeah. in a corner nursing a warm 
half drunk beer. <laughs> you know, oh my god! Know, there's got to be a better way than this. <laughs> yeah, and, and we we figured it out, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we. It's not just because of my marketing skills, because I believe the marketing can get people to buy once, but if your product sucks, you they're not going to buy again, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to have good market, but you also have to have a good product, and so. Uh, I was I was lucky to have had experience in network marketing to do tons and tons of events and learning from some of the best about how they actually make people feel welcome. Because when people come to a, a presentation of some kind, whether they buy or not, it's not just based on how good the presenter is. It's not based on how good the product is. Well, it is, but it's not just based on how good the product is and how good the presenter is. It's also based on how do people feel about the whole event uh, and the other people in the room, how well do they feel, how comfortable do they feel at the point where they sit down and, and listen to the presenter, right? So we learned very, very early how to make people feel relaxed and welcome and part of the group, right? So one of the things, and this is like, it's, it shouldn't really be necessary to, to say this, I, I think, but it is. Most events I go to uh, are literally horrible in the way that they greet you. They're just mm-hmm. like, hi, uh, welcome, what's your name? Right? And they check, oh, you, oh you, yes, you paid. I mean, they're not necessarily saying that, but that's, that's what their actions are showing, is that, 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 that their main concern is to find out whether you paid for the event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay? And then say, okay, welcome, uh, yeah, the bar is over there, and that's basically it. Right. Mm. So, uh, so early, uh, early, uh, we well, I did this. Uh, first of all, I take some. Tra- I take. Uh, I took some training on uh, how to improve your memory. Okay. And so, what I would do is, uh, I would see the list of people coming to an event, and I would memorize their name and their face. So uh-huh. by the time that they arrived, even if they never saw me and they never heard about me or whatever, I would, I would, you would come in, Alex, and I would say, "Hey, Alex, how's it going?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, like, holy moly, you know my name, right? Yeah. And what that does, it makes them feel special, mm. right? It makes them feel cared for that you are, that you are obviously, you must be interesting to me since I've taken the time to memorize your name. Yeah. That little, I mean, it seems like a very, very little thing, but it's actually not. It's actually a very, very big thing. Mm. Right. So try to find ways to make people feel special, important, cared for, seen, like that we really see you and we value you, we appreciate you. So so when people arrive, would always give them a really warm greeting with a real handshake. And then sometimes a hug, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. even if we haven't seen it before, like there's, there's especially one, uh, one of our crew members, Desi, she loves hogging and she sends out this wonderful, wonderful energy that, you know, she's open for a hug. So, so, and she can see that in other people as well, whether they're open for it. Sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes you'll ask, Hey, mm. are you open for a hug? And then say, like, yeah, yeah, we open for a hug. And then people, so literally, like sometimes <laughs> we literally hug people right, right at the moment they enter. Mm. Uh, but if not a hawk, then at least a really, really warm, sincere welcome and then uh, tell them how much we appreciate them coming. Um, and then just walk them through how how the whole event goes, you know, how you know what they can expect, because sometimes people are very uh, afraid when they come yes. to a networking event. Absolutely. By the way, I think that was one of my benefits that I used to be extremely shy and introverted. So I understand when people come to a networking event, they can be really scary. So I was trying to find out ways to 
disperse that anxiety as, as, as you know, or lessen that anxiety as, as quickly as possible. Mm. Right. So what, what we would do is literally after welcoming them, uh, find out a couple of things about them. Just like, Hey, where are you from? What do you do for business? Right. And then we would literally take them over and introduce them to somebody. Yeah. See, that's nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Physically take them over. Hey, Oh, so you're a web designer. I want to meet this IT guy. I think you'll really hit it off. You know, whatever, mm. you know, just, and you go out and introduce, Hey, Alex, I want you to meet Bob. Uh, you know, Alex is uh, an incredible event, event organizer, and he's doing a fantastic podcast as well. And Bob is a is a brilliant uh, web designer, or whatever. Yeah. And you just introduce them to each other. What you've done there is something really, really big because it is scary to go to networking events and, and meeting uh, other people. If you have taken that nervousness out of uh, of the situation, it's like who do I who do I talk to? Um, oh, there's a group of people over there. Can I break in there? Oh, it feels uncomfortable to break into that conversation. Mm. If you take that out, you have literally made them so much more comfortable from the very beginning of the night, and then the, the comfort will just build and build and build from there. Yeah, it's, I, I remember going to one event um, which was called uh, what was it called down here? Um, something to do with source like s-a-u-c-e and what they'd done was they gave everybody uh like a lanyard with a picture of a different bottle of sauce so there was you know like the the ketchup there was like the mint sauce the horseradish whatever and i thought i like that idea and, and somebody had to find they were like everybody there was two so somebody had to find their exact match and whilst mm-hmm. i like that idea to start with what it ended up doing was people just literally running around at full speed, grabbing people's lanyards around the neck, say, oh, no, you're not my one, and then disappearing again. And I was like, I liked where he was coming from with that idea, but it just turned into some kind of, like, race to find the match, and nobody actually spoke yeah, okay. to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, I, I like the other that. Thing, the other thing we did uh, is – so what we need to understand is that people are hesitant to – really connect with other people. Like normally connection takes time. It's something people do very, very gradual. Um, and I've been trying to find out ways to get that to happen uh, quicker. And we actually found some very, very powerful ways. Uh, now, one of them is is getting people to greet each other like they're your best friend, right? So we would literally, when we uh, when we have our, uh, it's mostly when we have our social events. So we both have social events and speaking events, right? But especially the social events, you know, typically people come in about half an hour. They'll just network randomly, like, you know, grab a drink and talk to people. And then we'll do a little bit more uh, structured networking for about 15 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes. Um, and in that structure, we'll say, grab someone that you haven't seen before, met some more, uh, met before. And then you greet them like they're your best friend. Greet them like you're your best friend. And I'll tell you, when you've done that, even sometimes once, but if you've done that two or three times, the energy in the room completely changes. Mm. It is absolutely magical. I mean, it's so amazing because people will literally be like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Or they would give each other hugs and stuff like that. And it's, and it's quite, it's a little bit weird to start with. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're obviously a little bit uncomfortable with it, but once they've done it twice or three times, they're just like, it's it's like a <laughs> a little bit like a cult. It's like like we're just now we feel like friends, and we've we've allowed ourselves to show who we really are, 
mm. and show show appreciation of other people as well, and just drop the mask and drop drop all the defenses. It's yeah. absolutely magical. Yeah, Paola says yes. It's like professional matchmaking and facilitate connections. Love so much what I'm hearing. It may sound a bit woo woo, but it's also so much about energy. It's um, every, It's energy is everything. Absolutely, it, it is, isn't it? Um, it's funny, isn't it? I think just. And I've done like a lot of these webinars, as, as I said to you, but um, literally within only, I don't know, like a minute or less than that of chatting to you here. And even though we're separated by screen, I could feel my energy going up and, and our conversation um, is, is quite rapid. And, you know, I can just feel yeah. like the energy is very different from a lot of these webinars that I do that are quite, you know, on the low, mm. low. It's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, something that you've mastered. Uh, and David says... A good tip that I learned a while back, I always ask for attendee lists before an event so I know who I'm talking to. Plus yeah. name recognition is, as you say, Patrick, very powerful. Mm. Interesting. See, see, the thing is, what, what's really interesting is that the way we actually build deep relationships is that we gradually and we take turn in sharing stuff about us that is deeper and deeper and deeper and more and more and more real. Mm. Uh, as we're doing that, revealing more and more of ourselves, that's when when uh, trust happens, right? And we all, we also have the other person reveal stuff about themselves, uh, thereby signaling that, like, okay, well, they're also opening up, thereby I can trust them, right? Mm. I mean, we're not th consciously thinking these things; it's completely unconscious. So we also we also have a uh, a set of questions that we get people to ask each other. Okay. Uh, that is is more than the usual, just like, hey, I do, and what business are you in? Because now, what I teach in, in some of my trainings is what are called transformational questions, uh, as opposed to transactional questions, which is typically uh, just, oh, how are you doing? What business are you in? Right. Mm. So the difference is like night and day. It's it's truly it's truly a transformational. So a transactional question is a is a question that you can answer without any real conscious thought. So, like for example, so how was your weekend? Oh, it was great, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example of um, when I learned this and applied it one of the first times. So it's a transformational question is a question that you have to think about, like you really consciously have to think about. So again, lots of times when you talk to people on a Monday or Tuesday, it's like, oh, so how was your weekend? Mm -hmm. Right, it was great. So I talked to this guy on a Monday morning and I said. Uh, so what was the best part of your weekend? Right? Yeah, it's, a yeah. it's, it's a completely different question. Mm. And it'll, it'll, it'll yield an enormously different answer and a result between the two of you. So yeah. he went quiet for three to four seconds. He was, I mean, it was quite, it felt quite a long time. And he said, oh, that's X-rated. <laughs> and then we both laughed. Right? And it was like a very genuine and 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 just like uh, intuitive or in the moment mm. spontaneous laugh that boom it disconnected us. Right? Yeah, and it, it's emotive, isn't it? It was what I was thinking yeah. before you even gave that answer. I was thinking when you ask somebody what was your favorite part of your week, it's actually you're going to get a, an emotive response, and which is exactly what yeah. happened, like you said, when that. Yeah, and, and that's exactly it. what you want. And and what happens there is a is a connection, an instant connection between people. But also, you gain very valuable information about who they are as a person. Yes. Right? What what is yeah. the real them? And that's very very valuable for me to be able to see you, 
Like people want to feel felt. They want other people to see us, to understand us. And we can help them along a little bit and asking questions that are a little bit deeper than normal and getting them to reveal stuff about themselves. Then mm. you need to do the same thing to be vulnerable, to reveal something about yourself, because otherwise the trust won't, it won't go deeper and deeper and deeper because they won't trust you if you're also not revealing something about yourself. Yeah. And, and like Paola says, yeah, uh, you know, it keeps the connection going, obviously, as well. Whereas, like you say, with a transactional, it closed straight away and you kind of like, you're on to the next person, aren't you? Almost, it's yeah. unfortunately. And that happens at. Yeah. 99.99% of other events, be they networking or otherwise. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interested to know then um, when, you know, over this kind of last decade, 11-year anniversary that you say is coming up, who have you looked to yourself for, for inspiration? You, you've met, you, you like kind of name-check Frank, Frank Kern, who I know is one person um, who's very sure. well-known and good at marketing space. But what, what kind of other areas and what kind of people do you, do you look at and think, actually, I really like what they're doing. I'm going to take a little bit of that. I'm going to take a learning from that, and I'm going to implement that. And Sure. I read tons and tons of books, and I uh, you know, listen to trainings every single day. I believe it's so important to to sharpen the saw constantly. I mean, at least at least half an hour of either audio training or, or reading a day. Mm. Uh, so I have so many different sources. But the, the best business book I've ever read, and I think it'll be the best business book for decades and decades to come, uh, is Principles by Ray Dalio. Uh, Ray Dalio, okay. Yeah, I know. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, oh, it's my great. God. I mean, it's just, yeah. that book is just, it's not just a little bit better. It's just by far the best business and success book ever written. So please, I mean, it's, it's a huge one, but it's worth, it's just worth reading. In fact, mm. uh, you know, one of my good connections, uh, Daniel Priestley, he's read it three times. Right, so it? Yeah, yeah, we hosted Daniel Priestley last autumn, actually, at the NEC. Oh, cool. Great guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like he's been a speaker with us uh, several times, I think four times, actually, now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Ray Dalio is one of them. Uh, another one is, uh, hold on two seconds. Uh, I think it's Mark Goulston. It's definitely Goulston, G-O-U-L-S-T-O-N. I think it's Mark, uh, Mark Goulston. Uh, he wrote a again? couple he, books called one is just listen and another one is uh real influence uh those those two are really really deep in terms of how to connect with people how, to influence how, how do you spell the surname again uh it's g-o-u-l s-t-o-n c-o-n yeah i'm gonna punch that up there as well and uh, I would have got the Amazon link already. Boom. <laughs> yeah, hold on two seconds. Um, lately, lately I've become a real fan of Ann Miller. She's not she's not that oh, famous okay. actually, yeah, but she yeah. she is um, she's an expert on um, on metaphors and analogies, and using that in sales and presentation stuff like that. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, the power. By the way, I was really made aware of the power of metaphors by Daniel Priestley because I worked with him quite closely for a while. Uh, mm. I actually worked with his company, Dent. And I just saw it's like, holy moly, like you are really, really good at using analogies and, and metaphors. And um, so where did he learn that? It's just, well, it's just something that he had naturally. So even, even in school, people call him Mr. Metaphor. <laughs> um, and uh, I just, that, I realized the power of metaphors and started, started like crazy now. And, and it, and Miller is just an expert on that. 
a great way to tell stories, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 Mm. Great. Super, um, so, so there's a, yeah, so uh, I can't remember. There's, there's so many books that I, I'm reading on a regular basis, but those are three at the, at the, at the moment that I'm really, really following. Excellent. Um, and we've got a couple of minutes left here, so maybe time um, just to ask you, uh, yeah, maybe just, just to finish up with um, how, yeah, what, what you most excited about right now that you're working on, um, you know, how's, how's, how's it been, you know, building, like you say, this, um, this, this, this new version, uh, new updated version of, of what you've been building for the last 10, 11 mm. years now. Um, and, and yep. how people can find out more information about that. Cause I, I sure. can imagine this is happening pretty rapidly for you as well. And it's only going to, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I'm super excited about building this platform because I think there's a real need for it uh, for, for entrepreneurs around the world for, for one place to really be able to connect with each other and not just online like like LinkedIn because the relationships will never be really deep over just, just a, a, a virtual platform. Right? It has mm-hmm. to be in the real world as well. So I'm super psyched about that. Um, and, and also uh, about my two new books. Uh, so what really, it's really weird what happens when we went into lockdown. Um, I have a lot of training in in being in being uh, nervous and being wary of all dangers. My mom was like all the time, hey, take care and, and you know watch out for this and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So the weird thing is that the complete opposite happened with me in lockdown. I felt a calm that I hadn't felt for a long, long time. And I, I, I can't even explain it. I just don't know why. Uh, but because of that, I, I was just like more silent and quiet and start listening to myself. What is that I want to do? And suddenly it was like, all right, I need to write a report on uh, certain aspects of marketing people get wrong again and again and again and are easily fixed. I want to write a report about that uh, just to give, as a giveaway. And suddenly it was like, Instead of 9,000 word report, it became 12 and 15,000 words, and then it was 17,000 words. And it's like, oh my God, this is turning into a book. Right. Mm. So uh, now I'm up to like 37,000 words or something like that. And I'm wow. really, really excited about this book. Best thing I've ever written. Um, and it's called uh, The New Marketing Manifesto. Uh, and people can actually get a free sample of it on, uh, on my website. Uh, and then I started writing another book. Uh, about how to connect and build trust with people really, really fast. I'm not going to share the title of it because it's, I think it's bestseller material with that title. Mm. Uh, so, but, but I'm really psyched about these two books uh, because in the past when I've written something, it was all, always a little bit hurried um, and I wasn't really super happy about the, uh, the, the, the finished product. Uh, but I am with these, with these two books, it's going to be absolutely explosive and I can't wait for people to get the material. And you and you've had the time to kind of you know yeah. absorb that and reflect, etc. Exactly, uh, hundred days or so. Yeah, exactly. I've given my time to do way more research in proving the point and finding stories that people can truly understand the principles and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super mm. psyched about that. Awesome. Uh, I've just posted up your LinkedIn profile there for people as well. Um, what's, yep. the, what's the easiest way for people to get hold of you? Is, is it your website or is it? Uh, it's typically Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, okay. So just search for Patrick M. Powers on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, and again, uh, on my website, patrickmpowers.com, uh, they can get a free sample of uh, my book, The New Marketing Manifesto. 
one of the one of the chapters there is absolutely explosive. You'll learn how to stand out from the competition, even if you're completely the same. Love it. I love it. It's great talking, Jack. I could talk to you for hours. I clearly need to connect on the other side of this when we can uh, yeah, absolutely. come back up to Love London. To. Yeah. And and you thinking, um, like you say, live event, you're thinking maybe like September that you would Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope September, but I mean, it, it has to happen in October. It's like, I, I just miss it so much now. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like literally <laughs> yeah. having... <laughs> it literally is, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with you. Well, I look forward to coming up, definitely, and, okay. um, and checking oh, thank out. thank you, Paula. Paula says, come back, Patrick, pretty please. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for the questions on here, everybody, as well. Thank you for engaging. Um, we do get literally, as you know, like with the lives, you know, 15x um, people watching it on the replays. And, and the most common question I get is when the replay is available. And it's literally as soon as I hit end broadcast now, everybody, you, you can see it on here. Um, but also you'll be able to see it on um, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube because we've been streaming live throughout as well. So as soon as this ends, mm. you'll be able to watch this um, I'm going to go back and watch it and take some notes as well before uh, we we do our next um, live event as well because I've I've learned a lot um, without a doubt and I'm going to reread uh, Ray Dalio's book as well. It's a fantastic book. It's a good one, absolutely. Um, Tony says as well, great conversation. Really enjoyed and valued the content. Um, thank you all very much. Really appreciate it, and and thank you for taking the time out of your day, Patrick. And um, good luck with the books. Let us know when they're Thanks. coming out. Um, we'd love to get you. You know, if we're hopefully at you know Birmingham at the NEC or Olympia in um, in October, which we're hoping to do both of our live events. Love to get you there as a speaker as well and talk more about your your plans. It'd be great to hear them. Brilliant. Would love to. Absolutely love to. Awesome. Lovely. Well, thank you again and um, keep in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. So I hope you enjoyed that. As I said, I thought I'd get on with Patrick really, really well, um, like a house on fire, in fact, and uh, wanted to, to bring it to you. Um, a whole bunch of different things. I mean, for me, the biggest one is, you know, it's still uh, at the point of recording this, we're still waiting, you know, in mid-August to find out if we can uh, run live events this October onwards, which I think people are really missing. Um, I think, yes, people will still be anxious. A certain number of people will be anxious about meeting up. Uh, but for me, I think more people will actually want to make that human connection again. Um, entrepreneurs, need, entrepreneurs need that connection. They need that sense of community. We chatted about a fair bit about this with Mark Masters um, on that webinar, uh, on that podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I love how, and it's always been a challenge for me on, on thinking, how do you actually bring people closer? How do you actually make that person meet that person at an event, you know, meet the, that one person that they need to connect with, but, you know, in a room full of people is very difficult to do. So I love how he makes them feel special. Um, I just, the act of memorizing customers' names, um, and the power of using transformational questions instead of transactional questions. That is a big point that I'd like to pull out here and get you to think about as well when you are doing business, when you are talking to people, um, when you are looking to make sales in your in your business as well. You're looking to make those initial connections that could then, <clears throat> excuse me, later turn into 
business transactions for you is Gail. Again, super, you know, interesting, very different way of looking at things and one which I think we should all embrace. So I hope you enjoyed that. As I say, um, got some other awesome guests coming up over the next few weeks as well. So I hope you are um, enjoyed your summer and um, plenty more to come this autumn. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time.